Hello, 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 and welcome back to Coach's Corner. I am your host, Lucas Kochevar. Checking back in from a brief hiatus, I'd say about three-ish weeks. It, it, either way it happened, Tennessee beat Alabama the last time we talked. Uh, <coughs> well, Tennessee has lost to Georgia now the next time we talk. So, you know, things are pretty good right now. Things feel pretty good right now coming off of a... Uh, new college football playoff rankings. Got a little bit of recap of the NFL weekend. Uh, a little bit of update at the top of the hour, but either way, I am back. Let's get into it. that i welcome you back into coach's quarter like i said a little bit of a hiatus vacation or whatever you want to call it uh, just just know that i am a person too i am busy i do have things outside of the uh old podcast game of a couple people and you know it's hard to get to sometimes and it's easier just to shelve the product and come back when i can kind of <coughs> refigure out my strategy and how to balance this with life that's basically what this is basically going to drop the wednesday show just well stop recording the, on the wednesday show just record on tuesdays thursdays so recap preview boom simple enough i think it is so also might be a little bit of a shorter episode just you know just because of getting back into the swing of things it takes a bit to get the voice going and as you might be able to tell, me coughing means that it's the change of a season and that I am just fighting all the allergy demons in the world. So bear with me, <clears throat> bear with me here as we try and get through the past week of football. Because, I mean, we've had the other sports all ramp up. We had the Astros win the World Series you know, <laughs> not entirely shocking, given that the Astros behind the Dodgers were the best team in all of baseball. Jerry Pena is an absolutely monster guy, and the fact that they just took Carlos Correa, said goodbye, <laughs> and plugged in Jerry Pena, it just shows how great of an organization that the Astros are. And I think it's time that we can kind of like move past the cheating stuff, because, I mean, this one feels about as legit as it could be. So, <clears throat> congrats to the Houston Astros on a great season. I think really well deserved. Like it wasn't, it wasn't the fraudulent team, wild card team that just got hot at the right time. You know, I mean the Astros lost to that team in the Nationals. They lost to that team in the Braves. Although the Braves just really, really hot at the right time. The Phillies just <clears throat> could not, could not, probably did not deserve to win this World Series because the Astros were just that good. So. You know what happens to the best teams, and there's no shame in that. So pivoting off of the World Series, uh, let's just get right into the college football playoff. So it was released tonight, you know, they do it every Tuesday now at this point in the season. And last week we had the cute notion of Tennessee being number one, Georgia being number three, Ohio State sitting at two, and Michigan number four. So redid it this weekend. 
and the way it played out was, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Georgia number one, Ohio State number two, Michigan number three, TCU number four, and then at five was Tennessee, six was Oregon, and seven was LSU, I believe. And the underrated part was, oh yeah, LSU beat Alabama on a in a, a crazy game, I think. One of the more exciting games I think we've seen from that, uh, those two opponents this year. And LSU decided to go for two in overtime, which I didn't hate at the time. Like, it was one of those, like, be safe kind of play for overtime again. Uh, at that point, I don't think you could trust your defense. And they did it, and the offense was... The offense was moving the ball with ease basically the entire fourth quarter <coughs> when they needed to, so don't hate that decision there. LSU gets the win. Great game. And so I, there's so many scenarios that can go into this college football season. Like at the end of the year when we look at it, there's so many different ways this script could go. If I had to give my personal prediction, and also, by the way, I, I don't disagree with the way the playoffs were this week. Like, totally, I like TCU being in there undefeated. Uh, I like Oregon being ahead of LSU because they easily could have jumped LSU over Oregon. Just SEC things, but, you know, <coughs> I, like, totally don't disagree. But if I had to, like, predict it, like, just looking at every team's road to get to the college football playoff. And given that now Clemson has lost as well, Alabama's, I don't want to say done, but they're pretty much on the outside looking in, praying that everyone else either messes up or something. Uh, then, i trying to remember who else. <clears throat> I think th those, two, those two teams being basically out of the mix right now makes this a little bit more clear than if Clemson had won that game at Notre Dame. So all in all, I, I think Georgia, you know, barring any of these losses in the last three weeks, which, you know, going to Mississippi State will be, I think, a challenge-ish. Uh, going to Kentucky will be interesting. Uh, then there's Georgia Tech. So I think Georgia does win out. I think they do end up going to the SEC Championship to play, I, I want to say, ah. Uh, I don't even want to. I don't want to pencil LSU into the SEC championship because they have to play Arkansas this week, and Arkansas is a team that has been, I think, this year disappointing for the fact that they had KJ Jefferson come back. Uh, they had some games where they looked really good. They had the debacle of a missed field goal against Texas A&M. They lost to Liberty last week by two points. Like <coughs> Arkansas's. Been disappointing, but they're still a good team, I think. And LSU, I think, is I don't want to say a rival, but I think in a way they are a rival to LSU, Arkansas. They're right next to each other. I think it's a rivalry game, actually, but either way, I think LSU could easily lose that game and just kind of die. But just for argument's sake, let's say LSU does win, win out, they play Georgia the SEC championship game. I can't see, I just cannot see the LSU team, you know, being any better than the Tennessee team. So I think Georgia would win that. So pencil on Georgia for me. Then I think number two, you have the winner of Ohio State-Michigan because 
you can't put both of those teams in, obviously. One of them's going to have one loss. And the thing is, where Tennessee has wins against Alabama and LSU, Michigan and Ohio State do not have any wins that resemble anything close to that. <laughs> they have Penn State. Both of them have Penn State. Uh, I think Michigan dominated Penn State better than Ohio State did. But nonetheless, they both blew out Penn State, who's like number 14 or something like that. Like, I think still overrated, you know. A higher ranked than they probably should be. And really, that's it. The Big Ten has no one else really remotely competitive. Illinois, but neither of them has played them until the Big Ten Championship, you know. Like, it, it's basically going to come down to whoever wins Ohio State-Michigan. And it, it is at Ohio State this year. You know, could get, could get ugly if the weather's good because, you know, Ohio, Ohio State, I think, presents a much more potent offense, much more reliable offensive attack than Michigan, basically due to the quarterback spot. So I, I do like Ohio State to win there, but for argument's sake, one of those two teams makes it. <clears throat> the three and four spot is where this discussion gets interesting because you have Tennessee who has a very, very easy last three games of the season. I can't, it's like South Carolina, Vanderbilt, I can't remember who else, but it's it's easy. And then you have uh, one loss. See, this is where it gets tricky because TCU plays Texas this week on the road. Uh, they're a seven-point underdog. Even as the number four-ranked team, they are seven-point underdog against Texas this week. Now, when they if they lose that game against them, and they also play Baylor, if TCU loses this game, I think they're done. I think they're in Clemson's situation where the rest of the conference, although looks good and competes against each other, really, I don't think there's anyone that they consider a good win, you know, outside of maybe Kansas State, but <coughs> that's a tough sell. Then you have Oregon. Now, Oregon is the most interesting team to me. I think they are the most impressive team uh, that has one loss. Because, you know, I understand Tennessee Tennessee blew out LSU. That was a really good achievement. They beat Bama. Sure, that's good. They, they I don't know. There's something about Oregon where they got the absolute living you-know-what beat out of them against Georgia in week one. You know, that could basically just derail the season. They kind of, like, cruise through the Pac-12, beat the teams they should, lose to the teams they shouldn't. But it didn't happen that way. Oregon bounced back. Bo Nix has been way better than I think he's ever been at Auburn. Way better. I mean, he's scoring on the ground. He's scoring through the air. He looks really good. That defense looks exactly how we thought it would against Georgia, where they forced turnovers, they they forced three and outs. Like they played UCLA, who I think has one of the best offenses in the Pac-12, and really just limited them to <coughs> basically limited them to only scoring in garbage time. To me, that's impressive. To me, coming off of, because. Think about it. They got knocked out cold week one. Like, 
They were on the mat. They didn't wake up until they were in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. To get off the mat there, come back, rebound to basically win eight games in a row. I mean, sure, the competition isn't great, but they're winning pretty convincingly against every team except Washington State that one week, but that was a weird week. Now, laying out their road to the playoff, they play uh, Washington this week, number 24 Washington, at home. Oregon doesn't lose at home. They've been fantastic at home. I think they have like 20 games in a row at home, one. <coughs> they play uh, versus number 13, Utah. Thir- Utah was pretty much picked as the Pac-12 winner before the season. They're the team that beat USC. They're the team that has USC having one loss. That's another tough game, a ranked one, but if they win that, that strengthens the resume. And then they play Oregon State. Now, Oregon State isn't the Oregon State that we normally know. There's a lot of teams where they were basically the laughing stock of their conference and then they rebound. Kansas is one of those. Oregon State, I think, is one of those. Oregon State played USC very closely. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think this I think this year they're going to Oregon State. So they're going to a, a hostile environment for a team that I think is either in the midpoint of the Pac-12 or at least a little bit above the line. So that's three pretty reasonably tough games. Now, they could totally lose one of these and basically be dead, like done for. But <coughs> in the scenario, let's say they win out. They go to the Pac-12 championship. They play one-loss USC. One-loss USC or, I guess, one-loss UCLA. They play either one of those teams. Win one of those. That's probably a top-12 win in itself. I think that is just... (coughs) I think that strengthens the resume to a playoff-caliber team. Now, do I think they are, like, a championship true contender no but to steal one of those you know three four spots would be huge for Dan Lanning in his first year in Oregon and like I said I think they've been a really impressive team from that blowout loss against Georgia so I I hate to say it's just I just really think Oregon can snatch up one of those spots Now, in reality, if I had to play it out of my head, I'm just this is all just off the top of my head. I'm really trying to work through all the scenarios because, like I said, I don't think LSU will beat Georgia. I think they might lose this weekend. Oregon, I just talked about them. TCU, like outside of that, you do have USC at number eight. Maybe USC wins out. They beat Oregon or whoever in the Pac-12 championship. I mean, they could very well be there. Uh, I think the fact that they're not ahead of LSU kind of tells you what the committee thinks about them uh, and UCLA for that matter. So overly, I think, not impressed with them. <coughs> and that's where you come to the Alabama at 9, Clemson at 10. So I think those two, Alabama's going to have like have to have like a number of dominoes to fall in order to find their way to the playoffs. So Hopefully, fingers crossed, we don't get that. 
But yeah, no, a crazy weekend in college football. I could not believe I I could stop watching everything. Everything was just so good. It was so pure. Like Tulane and Tulsa had a pretty good game in the twelve o'clock slate. Uh, Northwestern competed with Ohio State. <laughs> for like three quarters in the most windstorm win I've ever seen. Like, it's very cheesy, to, I feel like, to call cities, certain cities, like, they're, like, very silly. Like, calling Atlanta Hot Atlanta, I feel like calling Chicago the Windy City. Like, those are kind of, like, just weird to say because I don't think the locals stick to that. But <coughs> Northwestern, in the state of Illinois counted as the Windy City on Saturday. It was an absolutely absurd scene. They had like 40 mile per hour winds. It was it was stupid. But yeah, you had that. You had Michigan winning, I believe. Like just just so much happened. So much happened. Clemson getting blown out. That was that felt like poetic justice because they were just skating by the, like the skin of their teeth throughout the entire season so far. And it was funny because they benched DJ Ukulele and tried to like go to their backup, kind of like how they did Syracuse and when they beat Syracuse. It did not work this time. He threw an awful pick. It was such a bad decision. Like one of the big quarterback no-nos, I think he was like going the wrong way, tried to throw it across his body. He gets hit. Easy interception. So <coughs> Clemson finally done for. Uh... Oh, I didn't even mention, Ole Miss plays Alabama this upcoming week. Might get to that on the preview, but, like, that's a weirdly big game that I think could matter big time when it comes to, like, SEC West championship allegations. So, yeah, a lot of things happening in the college football world. So, we'll see how it plays out. I'll give my preview, my betting stuff. Uh, <coughs> I've been doing pretty good in the betting, by the way. Well... I still bet while I'm not recording, so fun fact for the listener behind the scenes. Uh, I've been going over 500, which is all you could ask for. It's, it's not winning me a ton, but I'm doing okay. So get what you can do, you know, just do enough sometimes <laughs> and you'll get good results. But moving on, we'll go to the NFL. Uh, just some overarching thoughts you know uh, like I said we'll be a shorter show might just be a shorter show for now on but we'll see we'll see <coughs> start off I'll just talk about my Falcons Falcons played the Chargers they had the most Falcons Chargers game of all time it was like neither team wanted to win secure the win Marcus Mariota still is awful like does just enough to keep the starting job, but when you need him to make a play, he just does not. He just makes the not good play. So, a frustrating loss, especially when you like had first place, and if you could have won, you would have kept first place, but said Tampa Bay also wins. So, that's just tough to see. <coughs> Speaking of Tampa Bay, obviously Tampa Bay beat the Rams. Both the teams are bad. Uh, you know, it was one of those games they obviously, like, thought both teams would be good, competitive, and be a fun game. Both teams were just miserable to watch. The Rams, God, who knows how much longer the Rams have in being, like, <coughs> thought of as a contender because, like, it, like, just 
ah, they look awful. They just look very, very lethargic. It's just bad. The Buccaneers don't look much better. Like, they are just as struggling as the Rams. It's just an awful look for both teams, given the fact that they gave us a pretty good playoff game just a year ago. But both teams look really laughably bad. Uh, ugh, just bad. Just very nasty. Speaking of nasty, the Green Bay Packers. I don't know what's happening with him because Aaron Rodgers has not been good this year. And people can like say it's like, oh, he doesn't have any receivers. He has no weapons. I mean, I'm sorry, but has Aaron Rodgers really ever had weapons outside of a couple years with Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, or Donald Driver? Like, he hasn't had weapon, quote-unquote weapons. You know, it, think about the stretch from when Devon, before Devontae Adams blew up, and, like, after Jordy Nelson was gone or, you know, not very good anymore. <clears throat> there was a stretch there where you could throw out any receiver and Aaron Rodgers would make them, you know, at least 800 yards and, like, five touchdowns. <clears throat> I feel like he has pretty okay receivers. It's not, like, blowing the doors off. and It definitely should be way better considering they should have just traded for one, but... You know, once Romeo Dobbs went down, that's tough. But, like, there are still guys on that roster that are NFL-caliber receivers. Like, not G League guys or anything, but Aaron Rodgers just throwing it willy-nilly to the worst defense in the league, by the way. He's just throwing it around, throwing interception after interception to the Lions. It's like, it was performance art, how bad he was on Sunday. It was just... I, I couldn't fathom, really, that he, that was the MVP last year. Like, it just didn't feel like he was, he's, like, playing nearly close to what Aaron Rodgers normally does. It's, like, <clears throat> just not him. I don't, I don't know how else to word it. I really don't. Uh, but good win for the Lions. Like, a bad, I guess, if you want the draft position like they do, but... You get wins where you can. I think Dan Campbell needed this because it just felt like he was kind of losing it. But he gets a win, a very much needed win. So good on him. Uh, we'll stick with the NFC North. The Vikings. <laughs> the Vikings managed to steal another win against the Commanders. Uh, it just feels like the Vikings are the most, you know, people want to say fraudulent. I have seven to one team. I don't think that they're fraudulent, first of all. I do think that they're... I think they're good enough to win a playoff game. Now, multiple playoff games, that's another story, but just given their offensive firepower, uh, <coughs> they have playmakers on defense. Just a couple will do. You know, they're not a bad team. I think this is kind of what the Vikings should have been the past couple of years. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, I think, is doing a really good job. If there weren't so many good other coaches in the league, I think he'd be up there in Coach of the Year consideration uh, because I think he's really kind of revitalized this Minnesota team that kind of reached their limit with Mike Zimmer. So good on the Vikings to really just control that division. Uh, they had a really good win against the Commanders team that, you know, <coughs> is a fun Commanders team, but, like, I don't think they're really close to being a competitive playoff team caliber, like wild card or anything, but 
they're at least fun with Taylor Heineke. That's, that's got to count for something. <coughs> and so, I guess we'll just do the NFC North here. Uh, Dolphins-Bears. Now, I will admit, I was so critical of how the Bears were handling this season with Justin Fields. But then I took a break. I came back and they, the Bears started using Justin Fields how he should be used. They started using some, you know, play action plays where it gave him the option to run the ball, just designs that let him run the ball. Just like certain things where it's like Justin Fields should probably use the legs that he's really good using. And it worked. Wow. Who would have thought? Uh, now, their defense, their defense is. Not good. They have to rebuild the defense. Uh, the offensive line still isn't awesome either. And I didn't don't remember seeing Chase Claypool's name do anything really. But regardless, you know, he was there. <laughs> um, Dolphin side. Ah, two is doing enough. Two is doing enough to win games. And I can't really fight it. You know, it's almost like the way that Russell Wilson was winning games transferred to Tua. Uh, except he has Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, which, God, those two are insane. <laughs> uh, the Miami defense, the Miami defense has some issues. Now, they do enough against certain teams to survive, but, like, the way they play against the Bears, they can't play that way against the Bills. Like, they just simply cannot do that. And I'm not, I think the Bills and Dolphins play this week, maybe, but either way... Just a very, like, I'd say tough situation for you know, I, the Bears. Just, they're right there. They really are. They figured out how to use Justin Fields, but then the defense stinks. So, ah, you know. Uh, try to think of Geno Smith. <laughs> Geno Smith goes on the road, beats the Cardinals. The Seahawks are... I think the NFL's biggest surprise, Geno Smith is the biggest surprise quarterback. He's been phenomenal. Uh, <coughs> the Cardinals are, Cardinals feel kind of dead man walking. Now, the Colts are obviously the most, they, they're already dead. They're a, a team that's laying face down in a ditch walking right now. Uh, the Cardinals are like walking along the road. And they just saw the ditch and they're like, oh, that's a dead body. And kept walking. Without knowing that, there might be a killer still around. That's the Cardinals right now. Uh, I can't imagine Cliff Kingsbury remains the coach after this year. I really I really can't. I know he signed an extension, but extensions really just seem like formalities at this point. <coughs> so, yeah, Seahawks, big surprise team. Good for them. Uh, since I mentioned the Colts... They are so dead. Like they are, they're tanking this year. The year's over. They hired a coach, who's their former center, who has never had NFL coaching experience. Sure, whatever. Uh, the Patriots. I didn't see much of what the Patriots did this game, honestly, just because the Colts are just so bad. <coughs> uh, Titans Chiefs. Now Titans Chiefs was a good, really, really good Sunday night game. Uh, we haven't had a ton of those. The Titans' defense is awesome. It's, you know, Mike Frabel's having another master class in coaching a team. Who would have thought? 
Uh, Malik Willis obviously is just not ready for the NFL. They kind of tried to do as little as they could with him, which I understand because he really just isn't ready for the NFL. But, you know, <clears throat> when he needed him to make a play, he couldn't do it, which is whatever. You don't you don't hate it this year, but Derrick Henry is great, but can't have him out there in a passing attack. It's very just tough to have. Uh, then the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, I don't think it was his finest game, but there were just there are certain plays where it's just he reminds you why he's Patrick Mahomes and why he's the best quarterback in the league. You know, just timely scrambles when you need them to go get you touchdown and two-point conversion. Just a fantastic game from him. Bills-Jets. Bills-Jets was a weird game. Just the Jets' defense is awesome and very legit. Sauce Carter is really good. Robert Sala has them playing really well. The offense is still lagging behind, but when Zach Wilson doesn't throw three interceptions to very obvious, you know, opponents, turns out they're okay too. So Zach Wilson is literally the only thing holding that team back. So we'll see how they do. And the Bills, I mean, they played an awful game. I mean, Josh Allen had inexcusable picks, like just. Josh Allen really has those like two one or two bonehead plays, but the thing is they're massively boneheaded plays. Like they're not like <clears throat> throw a pick in the first quarter. Uh they don't they like the other team doesn't capitalize. Like it's backbreaking interceptions, it feels like. Uh try to throw try to think through the teams. The Bengals demolished the Carolina Panthers. Now I don't want to say the Bengals are back, but they feel like they're kind of picking up a groove on certain things that they do well on offense. They're just kind of slowly picking it up, and if Jamar Chase comes back healthy, then I think they can kind of get it rolling again, and maybe they're one of those teams that's hot in the playoffs again. So, uh, Yeah, the Baltimore Ravens and the Saints, that was the Monday night game. I It was kind of whatever. Like The Ravens kind of just took the lead. Just held it on to it the entire time. <clears throat> the Saints aren't built to come back with Andy Dalton. They just aren't at all. Uh, let's see. Who played Thursday night? <laughs> this is live. You're trying to figure. I'm trying to figure out who played Philadelphia and Houston. Philadelphia and Houston. Uh, Philadelphia didn't look incredible, but they still managed to get the win because Houston is Houston, obviously. <laughs> uh, Jaguars played the... Who did they play? I mean, oh, the Raiders. The Jaguars played the Raiders. Raiders are one of the most dysfunctional franchises, I think, right now in the league, just because Josh McDaniels is just really bad. Uh, <coughs> the Jags get another win. Trevor Lawrence looked really good. He's kind of at that point now where he's kind of having games where he looks really good again. But just can kind of regress to his old self throwing bad plays, you know. It's kind of those games back and forth now. Uh, I think that's mostly everyone. I think I think we hit every NFL team. If I'm forgetting your team, I'm sorry. But <coughs> that's that's the past week and we have to look forward to the next one. Uh, a couple teams on by. I know the Giants were, the Broncos. I didn't see Russell Wilson screw up this week, so 
they weren't there. But yeah, yeah, that's that's the NFL for you. I think that's a good place to end it this week. Like I said, we're just maybe cut back on the shows a little bit, just kind of get this balance back in my life, get at least a show out, you know, that whole thing. I do appreciate everyone that still supports the show. If you go back and listen to old episodes for some reason, or you've been patiently waiting for this one, thank you so much. Hope to be back a little bit more on a better schedule. I'm your host, Lucas Coach Far. And as always, this is Coach's Quarters. Thank you. Goodbye.